Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and we're also on the Rapture Ready Radio Network, which is also on Blog Talk Radio, and we also have a website, propheticnews.com. We have a YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio, and we also have a book out called Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? How False Teachers Manipulate and Hypnotize You for Offering. So that book is out there, would make a great Christmas gift for some of your friends that are into the whole tithing seed sowing scams that the evangelists and pastors run on their congregations to enrich themselves. So also, uh, how do you like my new theme song? But in, but uh, I'm going to change the words to this song, and we're going to say, Make the church great again. Amen? And uh, well, let me know how you like my song. Also, it is the uh, entire song is on uh, YouTube. It's Songs for America by Susan. And um, also... Um, we play the whole song at the end of the program, but I'm just kind of testing it out for uh, this program and hoping if anybody has any ideas, I think it would make a great commercial jingle or something like that. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to be bringing my guest on here, our brother, the Wolf Tracker. Hello, brother Wolf Tracker. Hello, Sister Susan. God bless you. How are you doing today? Hanging in there, hanging in there. And uh, are you tracking wolves there in the snow? <laughs> no, we're not. I'm shoveling. I'm <laughs> shoveling the snow. Oh, the tons of it. <laughs> tons of snow. Yeah, I was uh, looking at the news, and they said it, uh, the Green Bay Packers are playing the. Chicago Bears, it's going to be the coldest game, two two, uh, two degrees, and it's supposed to be like 40 below zero. Wind oh, brutal. So. Yeah, brutal is right. No brother. But anyway, yeah, it's cold up north, not here in Florida. We have a beautiful day. It's warm, and uh, 
I thank God that I'm not in the ice age, the frozen zone. Well, you know, listen, <laughs> rather be shoveling snow than to be like Paula White's husband shoveling manure <laughs> down in uh, Orlando. So I'll, I'll, I'll shovel snow any day yeah. <laughs> as long as I don't have to shovel manure. Yeah, well, uh, uh, our brother, the wolf tracker, is referring to uh, a picture that actually Paula White, she proudly displayed this picture on her Instagram channel of her husband now, John Kane Friga from the band Journey, who they have horses, and he she actually displayed a picture of him shoveling the manure. So that's what we're <laughs> that's what well, we're talking he, about. He, he he's shoveling he's shoveling that manure, and he's also shoveling the spiritual manure. Yeah. That, uh, that they're promoting every Sunday, so. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. It's a good reference point because they never stop. And, uh, of course, we know that uh, Paula White, she has a daddy that she calls daddy. And also, what the Bible says, call no man father. So I don't know where all this daddy stuff is. My spiritual daddy, uh, T.D. Jakes, the bishop, the bishop, and uh, he hasn't been wearing his clerical uniform lately. I haven't seen him, but there are pictures of him on the internet in his Roman Catholic collar. And there's even a picture of T.D. Jakes. Now, why? Could you please tell me why T.D. Jakes would wear an earring uh, to his daughter's wedding a few years back? That when his daughter got married, and T.D. was giving her away. He was wearing a diamond stud earring, uh, which I thought was very odd. Uh, I don't know what kind of a signal he was sending out there because uh, most men that I know, they don't have uh, diamond stud earrings, bishops, pastors, uh I don't. I don't know too many of them. I don't, especially Catholic priests. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Catholic priest with an earring. <laughs> yeah, well, T.D. Jakes' earring is magical because it shows up, it appears, it disappears, it appears, it dis- so he's got a magical earring. Well, that's true. That's true because uh, when the when the photograph came out of him in his earring. Um, they airbrushed it away. I guess there was people asking the question that we're asking, T.D. Bishop, why did you wear an earring to your daughter's wedding? And we don't see the earring. We didn't, We haven't seen the earring in other photographs, so uh, I guess they were getting comments and uh, negative comments or whatever. So the earring was airbrushed away. But I don't know, Brother Wolf Tracker, have you ever seen a so-called Pentecostal pastor wearing an earring? He's the first and the only one I've ever seen that has um, sported an earring. The first, and, and mind you, my whole my whole life in ministry 
was exclusively towards Pentecostal and charismatic people. Yeah. So I've never I've never seen in the Church of God, um, Church of God Foursquare, in Kojic, I've never seen a bishop. Um, you know, and even when you watch those TV programs, the preachers from Detroit and the preachers from L.A., even those guys who are, you know, those guys are in the gutter. Even those guys, they don't sport earrings. <laughs> so I found, I found it kind of shocking. I found it kind of shocking that uh, the bishop, especially at such a, at, you know, when you're performing such a masculine um, um, duty as giving your daughter away in marriage. Yeah. That is a masculine duty. I mean, that, you yeah. know, that comes from the Latin phrase pater familias, where, you know, you are the patriarch of the family. Yeah. And what patriarch of any family um, is sporting, you know, a gay earring? Um, yeah. Unless, I mean, unless he was send, sending a signal out um, to his, you know, to uh, the gay community. Um, well, it but, definitely uh, was a signal. Yeah, well, it definitely yeah, was yeah. a signal. Because, yeah, because uh, in, in, my, in my neck of the woods, you wear an earring. If you're a man and you wear an earring, um, you're sending gay signals in my neck of the woods. So I don't know what it was about. I don't know what signal he was sending. But I've never, ever, in all of my years, and they've been many, in all of my years, I've never seen a pastor, a bishop, um, a deacon. I, I've never seen anyone in the Pentecostal Charismatic Church wearing an earring um, in the pulpit or at any family ceremony. Never. 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 So I found that, I, you know, even Eddie Long, who has a certain kind of proclivity, even yeah. Eddie Long doesn't wear earrings. No. So... um now maybe these guys, you know, I mean, Ed, there was some, there was some pictures of Eddie Long that I'm sure he didn't want them to go on the internet. But there was some pictures of Eddie Long in the bathroom flexing, you know, wearing tight oh, yeah, shirts yeah. and all that. Even in yeah. those pictures, Eddie Long doesn't have an earring. Yeah. He's got everything else except the earrings. So. Yeah. Um, I find it strange. <laughs> I find it strange. It was very strange, but you you still might be able to. Uh, see a picture of TD. It might be, you might be able to find one on the internet if you search. Oh, it's out, it's, a, it's, it's out there. It's out there? Yeah, it's yeah, out there it, with the video. It's out there. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to uh, see it for yourself, this was a few years ago, of course, uh, and it's the only picture I know of where he was wearing the earring at, at his daughter's wedding, giving her away. He had a big diamond stud in his ear. And uh, so if you ter- search uh, T.D. Jakes wears an earring, uh, you'll probably find it so you can see it for yourself. And uh, let me know now. Do you think that's odd? Uh, I, I know that a lot of these so-called Christian rock and rollers, uh, maybe some of these guys wear earrings, uh and uh, I mean, look at uh, Todd Bentley. Uh, Todd Bentley. He he has rings in his chin. Uh, I think he has he had one in his nose, or his wife has one in her nose. Now, weird. 
Those are walking demons. Those are walking demons. Exactly, because who would even want to go through all the agony of having an earring put into your chin? Can you imagine the agony that you have to go through uh, to do something like that? And I think even his uh, wife, I'm not sure, but I think she even had one in her tongue. This uh, woman that he committed adultery with and divorced his wife and left his wife and children to hook up with this other lady. And uh, so I think that there has to be some uh, some kind of decorum if you're going to uh, stand in a pulpit. Uh, At least women look feminine. Men don't look feminine. At least present yourself uh, in a godly fashion. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because uh, I, I like to see women in dresses, especially if they're preaching or they're uh, leading worship. Um, I like. I still like to see women look feminine. Uh, I still like to see men in in a suit on Sunday even though everything's so relaxed now, when you look at a lot of these preachers, uh, and of course we're, we're going to talk more about these uh, jackass bishops, which is Brother Wolf Trecker's new book, and the fact that the Pentecostal church, especially the black church, has been il- infiltrated by these people dressed up as Catholic priests and bishops and cardinals. and and uh, But for us that... Uh, are in the ministry, and uh, some people do have public pulpit ministries. It, it is nice to dress appropriately because you can you can turn on uh, television on Sunday morning and you see a lot of these people. They're dressed so casual. They have jeans on, the pastor, and uh, T-shirts, muscle shirts. Uh, strange. I, I just I just uh, like to see. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't know, but I, I like to see people dressed appropriately, especially on Sunday morning. Remember the day. Now, back in the day, and it wasn't uh, a few years ago, oh, we used to get all dressed up to go to church. I think some of you remember that. Remember, we put on our best dresses and uh, our hats, and sometimes we wear hats and we wear gloves and uh, we'd get all dressed up and the men would be in suits. Nobody came to church. Uh, the men especially didn't come, especially the pastor. They always wore a suit and a tie. And uh, what, how do you remember that, Brother Wolf Tracker? Well, um, you know, I was, the other day I was watching a movie about Jackie Robinson, the baseball player for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. And back in the 1940s, I mean, you look into the stands, and uh, everybody, every every male at the ball game, no exclusion, every male was wearing a suit and a tie and a fedora. And the women were in dresses. Now, this is 1940s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember my. I, I remember as a little boy, I would say I was maybe about 9 or 10, Saturday, uh, my grandmother would grab me and say, okay, now we're going to church tomorrow. And she would give me a, uh, a washcloth. 
And she says, now get in there, and she's pointing to the shower. Get in there, scrub good, uh, put soap on the washcloth, scrub your neck, because tomorrow you're going to wear a white shirt, and you don't want to ring around the collar. And, and, uh, and if, if I come out too soon, she says, get back in there. You need another 10 minutes. And now this was Saturday, yeah. getting ready to go to church on Sunday. And then on Sunday, of course, you wore your Sunday best. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, your, your pants had to be, uh, the, the, the crease on my pants was straight. My shoes had to be, I mean, I had to polish them. Um, my grandfather would give me the, the shoe polish and, uh, and I, he would read his newspaper and I would be there polishing my, for the next day. This was every Saturday. Yeah. So my shoes were polished, my white shirt, my little clip on tie, uh, my, my little pants, um, that was it. Every, you wore your Sunday best. And it's scriptural. You find this throughout the Bible. Every time God's people were going to meet God, they were told to change their garments, to put on their best. Um, the, you know, we've had such a drop-off. It's, a, it's, it's, you know, um, you know and, and think about this, Susan. Back in the 1940s, we were poor, right? Yeah. There was no pre- there was no preacher there was no preacher in the 1940s and the 1950s there was no preacher preaching prosperity. No. And people wore their best back then. Yeah, it's true. Today, today all we do is preach prosperity, and people come to church in tank tops, in sneakers, in t-shirts. Think about it. I mean, today we're preaching prosperity, and we don't and and. We don't have the clothes. Yeah, that's that's a good. Isn't that amazing? Analogy. Yeah. Also, amazing. Uh, what what you see is, uh, which is shocking to me, is the women, and women preachers, and they wear they're wearing low cut uh, dresses or blouses to preach. Now, I never thought I was going to ever see anything like that, and. They don't think anything of it. But the Bible says that we're supposed to be modest. Yeah. And so uh, what happened to modesty? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. It, it's shocking, really. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. And then you have the um, the other end of the spectrum, the, mo- the other end, bizarre end of the spectrum, is the uh, men coming to church in dresses. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. When I was right. uh, when I was when I was back doing some wolf tracking, someone someone sent me a link to a video, and there was this female prophetess slash teacher on YouTube, and um, and she was showing her upper parts practically. Yeah. Um, and um, she did she did maybe. 10 different broadcasts on YouTube where she's showing her top part. Yeah. Um, teaching the word of God, mind you. So yeah. called teaching the word of God and almost half naked from yeah. the top up. Yeah. So, um, well, the amazing. Bible says that uh, in the book of Revelation that the prophet, prophetess, uh, well, Jezebel will seduce my servants. That's correct. And that's basically what it is. If you're That's going to right. church and you see men coming into the now imagine uh if if you were married 
and you got up in the morning and you're getting ready for church, and your husband goes to the closet, he pulls out a dress. <laughs> Come on. What would you do? What would you do? And then he pulls out this dress, and then he pulls out a lace top to go over it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, role reversal. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's bizarre, but this is what was prophesied would happen in the last days, and we're just seeing it come to pass before our very eyes. Sadly, sadly, a lot of people have eyes, but they don't see what's going on and they have ears but they don't hear and that's the sad part that's the heart-wrenching part that a lot of people go to these churches um i was watching some video on youtube of uh, these men consecrating another guy to be a bishop and they're putting on all of the dresses you know all of the skirts and all of the stuff that they put on and you see the congregation applauding and saying amen and um, they're going, you know, they're beside themselves. They're, I mean, you know, wait a minute. Your your pastor is being effeminized, yeah, and you're applauding that. Yeah. Oh, they were. They, you know, it was like if they were at the Super Bowl and their team scored a touchdown. Yeah. It's that kind of a thing. That that is bizarre. Did did we ever think that we were going to see the day in church where? Uh, Men would come in in a dress and a lace top and, and you know, a hat. Funny you hat. read the yeah, you read the Bible, and you know that these things have to come to pass. But then you're blown away. You're really blown away when you actually see the prophecy fulfilled. You know, because uh, there's a lot of things we read in the Bible, and we say, okay, we have a general picture, we have a general idea of how this is going to come. You know, how's it going to look? But then when, it, when it's actually fulfilled, and then you see these guys parading around in these purple dresses and these scarlet dresses and um, putting on the gold, you're, you're just saying, wow, you know, this is mind-boggling how the apostles wrote this 2,000 years ago, and in my lifetime, I'm getting to see it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Why... Uh... Why do you think that the Pentecostal church especially has bought into this whole priesthood thing and bishop thing, and what do you think is behind it? Well, there's a number of reasons. I mean, one is, and, and, I'm, and, and let me just say this from the beginning, um, I was born again in a Pentecostal church, Pentecostal Holiness Church. Uh, I spent my whole life ministering, you know, serving the Lord uh, in a Pentecostal church. I feel very, very comfortable in a Pentecostal church. Uh, I don't feel comfortable in a Lutheran church. I don't feel comfortable in a Presbyterian church. I don't feel comfortable in a Methodist. Uh, You know, I was born again in a Pentecostal church, and that's where I feel most comfortable. Um, Now, having said that, um, I can tell you that one of the reasons why the devil has had his way with the Pentecostal church is because of major ignorance. 
you know, when your ministers are ignorant, when they go to these diploma mills and they get these bogus degrees, um, and they walk around, not all, not all, I, I, need to, I need to make that clear, not all of these guys and gals went to diploma mills, but a great many have. And when you go to these diploma mills and you get these bogus degrees and you walk around claiming you have a master's degree in this and a doctorate in that, and and you just and and you look at them and you know they're 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 drinking the Kool Aid by the gallons. Um, you know, so Satan has had his way because of a lack of proper theological training. Yeah. Having said that. Having said that, you and I know that none of the believers, not one believer in the New Testament ever went to Bible college and seminary. Not one. There was, there was no such thing as a Bible college and seminary. Yeah. So um, the Bereans, the Bible tells us, the Bereans searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. Yeah. So, you know, for whatever reason, they're not reading their Bibles because the Bereans didn't have college or seminary, and nothing slipped by them. They didn't let one heresy slip by them. Not that Paul was preaching heresy, but those people were checking out their Bible. And um, so uh, I just think that it is a lack of biblical knowledge. And secondly, I think that they just want to be validated so bad. They, you know, they, they want to be somebody so bad that they join these Episcopal clubs, they, you know, they become members of these joint colleges. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they put on the outfit, and in front of their 15, 20 people, there's somebody. And um, I thank God that uh, I, I don't suffer from that. You don't suffer from that. A great many of my friends in the discernment ministry um, – don't suffer from wanting to be somebody or something. We yeah. are somebody or something in Christ already. Yeah. And that's all, that's all we were looking for. That's to be, enough. You know, yeah. in Christ, and that's it. Yeah. So I would think it, those are the two major reasons why um, they want validation. They, yeah. they want to be somebody, and also the lack of ignorance, the major, major ignorance concerning the word. Yeah. But it also, I think, too, that it has something to do with uh, the prophetic movement where people are receiving these personal prophecies that they feel like they have to live up to then. And uh, then they're, they're also taught in church that they have a destiny to fulfill and uh, their plan and their purpose. And it's always some kind of a great uh Destiny, where you're going to be somebody famous and you're going to have this great ministry. So then, then uh, a lot of people uh, feel like they have to help bring these prophecies to pass, and they can't be content just to be uh, content uh, with godliness, because the Bible says that godliness with contentment brings great gain. So. We don't have to strive to be anybody. Everybody's a minister. Everybody's been called to the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile people to Christ. So God doesn't have any special people. And uh, 
we don't have to be so insecure that we have to try to be accepted into these groups where if you let in most of these groups if you uh spoke out against seed sowing and you spoke out against compulsory tithing uh they would shun you anyway well that i mean that's um that's a great point because think about it in the day and age in which you and I came into the church when we were born again you had one pastor right one yeah. one there was only one pastor most churches didn't have an associate pastor they just had a pastor yeah and in the church that I was born again in my grandmother's church um I knew guys that were deacons for life um yeah they you know uh, Brother Deacon, you know, and uh, he was a deacon for 40 years. Yeah. It was never elevated, was never told he had a destiny, was never. And, <laughs> you know, if you want to know what your destiny is, just look at Matthew 16, um, where Jesus says, if any man wants to be my disciple, if any man wants to be my student, let him take up his cross and follow me. That's yeah. my destiny. That's you. that's everybody's destiny. Yeah. Just take up your cross. Now, right. if you're following somebody else, then you're not you, you and, and it's not Jesus, then you're going to you're going to you're going to pick up a miter. You're going to pick up a cassock. You're going to pick up, you know, a, a a a certificate of apostolic succession. But Jesus never mentioned any of that baloney. He just said, take up your cross and follow me. Everybody, like you said, was a servant. Yeah. And everybody gave, not because not because they were forced to give, not because they were told that there was going to, I don't remember as a child, I don't remember as a child, as a young teenager, as a young adult, I don't ever remember my pastor getting up and telling us that the windows of heaven were ever going to be opened up and God was going to pour out a blessing. And you know, I was in back then. I was in church six days a week. Yeah, because that was the holiness church. I mean, the only day you had off was Saturday, but every, you were in night. You were in church every day, every night. You were in church. Yeah, and of course Sunday was the big day. You were there all day long on Sunday. You were there all day long. <laughs> and when you had all night prayer, it was really all night prayer. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So so um. So I don't remember my pastor ever saying, um, you know, we were going to get a blessing, we're getting a wealth transfer, um, <laughs> you know, we're, I don't, you know, I don't remember ever the Day of Atonement offering. Yeah. I don't remember the Passover offering. I never heard my pastor ever talk about first fruits. Yeah. Ever. And you know what we did. My parents and my grandpa—they all went to work at their local factories. Yeah, worked hard, made an honest living, lived within their means. They these people lived within their means, and we were we prospered. We 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 were we were godly people. Yeah, and that was it. Today it's you know uh, you're being forced to give, you're being tricked to give. Um, you're getting conned into giving, and you're broke. Yeah, you're broke. Yeah, if you I mean, if you go and take a survey, 
in these churches and you would ask the people honestly to raise their hand how many of them are actually out of debt after all the giving. I don't think you'd get 10, even in a crowd of a 1,000, that could honestly say they have no mortgage, they have no car payment, or they have no debts. And, I mean, we weren't rich, but we had we had yearly vacations. I remember my grandparents, we would, you know, I was an orphan. My, my mother passed away when I was young. So my grandparents finished raising me and my siblings. So that's why, you know, we got the washcloth and we were told, because now we lived in my, with my grandparents. And um, so, you know, it was a, a, it was a large family. And my grandparents worked, and everybody in the house worked. Everybody pulled their own weight. Everybody gave to the Lord's work. Everybody lived within their cheerfully, means. Cheerfully, cheerfully. Cheerfully, cheerfully, because we loved God. We loved yeah. God. Yeah. And we believed in what the church was doing. Yeah. No one, no, one, no one had to tell my grandmother to give. I mean, her money was set aside. She, she put her money aside first for Far, far more. Um, but you know, also, our pastor wasn't a bum. Uh, yeah, you know, our pastor, our pastor just didn't show up on Sunday, and worked one hour. You know, did his little routine for one hour, and got paid more than everybody else. No, our pastor also was visiting, going to the hospital, counseling. Yeah. Um, the man worked. Yeah. He wasn't a freeloader. He wasn't a parasite. Well, that's a, that's very true because nowadays the pastor, uh, he doesn't do hospital visitations or nursing home visitations. They, they, have their, they have their assistants doing it. Uh, yeah, it's beneath them, yeah. Well, I'm not – don't, I don't do that. Uh I remember a few years back I was trying to find somebody. I'm in Florida. My aunt was in New York. But I was trying to find somebody. And I was calling different churches. And I was speaking to pastors and pastors' wives. And I was asking, could somebody uh, sit with this old woman uh, while she, uh, somebody had to sit with her when she went to visit her husband in the hospital. She had to have somebody sitting with her. Nobody wanted to do it. I had to pay somebody. I had to actually pay a pastor's wife to sit with this woman for five or six hours in the hospital while she visited her uh, husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't want to. No, they didn't want to. No, it's yeah. not part of the. It's not part of the ministry anymore. No. Just, uh, just showing up on Sunday and being the big wig on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, shaking hands and smile, and you know, there are pastors that say, "Well, I shake everybody's hand at the end of the service." Of course you do, because you know that when the people are filing out of church, they have a few dollars in their hands and they want to shake. Your, they're greasing your palm. Of yeah. course you want to shake their hands. You're not yeah. doing it because you love them. You're doing it because you're feathering your nest. Well, and also, uh, while we're talking about this, the the video that I saw on YouTube, and, and anybody that wants to go and look at this very shocking video of Jackie McCullough 
being uh, ordained a bishop, and um, she puts on the outfit, and they put a ring on her finger, and then they tell people that they have to kiss her ring, and also that they can no longer touch her as far as come up to her and hug her and and uh, just treat her like a normal sister because now she's a bishop. Again, um, we're told in First Kings 19, verse 18, God said, speaking to Elijah, I have a remnant. And he says, I have a remnant that have not done two specific things. One is bow down, and two, kiss Baal. Those are the two things that God says concerning this remnant that God has put aside for himself. They have not bowed down or kissed Baal. When you watch yeah. that video, what do you see? What do you see? The, the, because the, the chief consecrator, he, he first invites all of the attending bishops to, to fall in a line. And as they're walking towards this particular new bishop, they are bowing before her and kissing her ring. Yeah. The same thing is said in the book of Hosea, the minor prophet, chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Now, the book of Hosea, the minor prophet, is the book that talks about spiritual adultery. And it ties in beautifully with Revelation 17 when you read about the hearted church. So spiritual adultery and the heart of church go hand in hand. What are they doing in the book of Hosea, chapter 13, verse 1 and 2? They are bowing before this idol, and they are kissing it. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's paganism in the Pentecostal church revived. That's all it is. It's paganism in the Pentecostal church being revived to receive the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah, and, because you know, it is a form of idolatry. Well, sure. I mean, the same person, the same consecrator in another video um, tells the people after he finishes ordaining this other bishop, a male, he says to him, now you can come and receive the, the people. You can have them greet you and give you their adulation. <gasps> well, I, was, I was struck by that word, and I quickly went to the Oxford Dictionary, adulation is worship. You can come and receive their worship. And it's on video. It's on vid- adulation. It's to receive praise. It's to receive worship. It is to receive honor. And um, that, you know, that's reserved for God. Yeah, It's not reserved for man, but they're conditioning, you know, they're conditioning people because when Antichrist comes, um, what does Antichrist want? He wants to be worshipped. So it's, it's going to be an easy transition because people are already being taught now to worship man. Yeah. Remember last year when the Pope came to the United States, Pope Francis? I mean, you had to see the people bowing in front of him. Oh, it was terrible. And one of the you know, most boring people. He puts himself to sleep when he when he talks. You know, I would I would have to say, in my opinion, as you just said, he's very very boring. I, I would never think that there would be somebody more boring than Douglas Shackelford, who is Paula White's assistant. But I I think I think Pope Francis edges 
Dougie Shackelford yeah, by yeah. nose. Paul Francis does. He, oh, that's boy. the most boring speaker. The most boring public speaker of all. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have uh, Pope Francis, then we have number two, Dougie Shackelford. Number three, Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary's <laughs> right up there. That's another one. That's another one. She's blaming Good. the Russians for losing the election. <laughs> please, lady, please. 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 That's one of the people that, you know, when when you're listening to them, you have to tie yourself down because you want to jump out of a window. <laughs> well, it, it's so true because if you look at uh, – if you look at Pope Francis now, if you ever listen to one of his speeches, he never talks from his heart. He's always reading a script, and he talks in this monotone fashion. I guess it's a form of hypnosis or something, because people like it. These people are flocking uh, to listen to this man, to see this man. And uh, here, here's the um, what I thought was so ironic is, he flies into America on this huge, I think it was like a 727 or a 747, a huge jet. This is his private jet to use to fly into America. And then he's saying that he's going to be frugal when he travels, and he gets into a Fiat. Now, he gets off this huge airplane, and he gets into a Fiat, I think, and, and people really... Uh, they wanted you to get the picture in your mind that look at how humble this man is. While while you can go to another picture of him later in the day, and he's drinking from a solid gold chalice with jewels on it, and he's wearing clothing woven with gold. And uh, but yet that's how they tried to. Uh, dumb people down is here this is what's really going on here the guy lives in a thousand room palace i don't know it's a thousand rooms or ten thousand rooms uh and uh he flies over in a huge jumbo jet but look at this humble man he's driving around in a fiat well it's it's the story that they craft because you know he's big into global warming and yet his 747 is spewing out more uh, yeah. carbon monoxide and more stuff into the atmosphere yeah. than you and I will ever do driving our little vehicles in a lifetime, right? Yeah, and also so, he, doesn't, so, he doesn't want a wall. He doesn't want a wall, but he has a wall around his palace. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, um, and guards. Italy, Italy is being inundated with refugees. Yeah. So all the Pope should do is... Let everybody into Vatican City. He has let plenty them, of room let, over there in his yeah, palace. Let them, let them camp out. Yeah. Stop stop lecturing us about being humanitarian and you, you why don't you just let them in Vatican City? Um feed them. I mean, uh, you have enough stolen art and jewels, yeah. or, you know, yeah. and uh sell it off and feed them. Do what Jesus said to the rich man. To the rich young man, rich young ruler, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Shut up. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You're boring. And uh, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. That's all. Yeah. Don't come yeah, here and lecture us about. They would never miss it. They, if they yeah. sold off a few of their 
uh, even if they just sold off one piece of art, like say one of Michelangelo's, uh, if if they decided to auction off the Pieta or uh, David, the statue that Michelangelo did, uh, they would they. All they would have to do is sell one of those priceless works of art, and they could probably uh, house and feed most of the world that's starving. But yet, this is the picture, and this is the picture we see in so many churches today, is uh, this is what we want you to believe. And they talk about feeding the poor and being generous, and yet the lifestyle uh, of these people it does it doesn't mix but they they count on people dumbing people down and they count on people not seeing what the truth really is because uh when i went to catholic church when i was a, a little girl they had a box a poor box that you could put money in for the poor and they had uh, you you could light candles and that money was supposed to go to the poor or whatever, but meanwhile, the Catholic Church is just the real estate alone that they own. In my county here, we have a county of about 200,000 people. There must be eight Catholic churches in this county. So just the real estate alone in my county is worth millions. So you can imagine what their real estate holdings are worth throughout the world, these massive cathedrals that they have. And... uh so, but then um, make it look, look, you know, uh, in my family, the Catholic Church is making a ton of money. My, uh, my maternal grandmother is, was Pentecostal holiness. M- my maternal grandfather, my paternal grandfather was Catholic. Oh. So, my father was Catholic and my mother was Pentecostal. Let's let's just put it that way. So there were weekends. There were weekends when I would spend time with the Catholics, the Catholic side of the family. Okay. Now my bro- my father, my father has sixteen siblings. That was back in the day when Roman Catholics didn't use birth control. Yeah. So my father, one of sixteen. <gasps> now wow. all of my all of my uncles and aunts are almost dead. They're almost all dead. And I'll get I'll get a card or I'll get a, a letter in the mail asking asking me for a donation because my my uncle's yearly mass for purgatory is coming up because they want to <laughs> they want to do a mass. So can you imagine? My grandfather had sixteen kids, almost <sighs> all of the sixteen kids are dead, and now they do now the children of those sixteen people are doing masses for their parents <gasps> and these masses are like $500 a year <gasps> to get your fam- to get a relative you know to get a couple of years knocked off on purgatory yeah so the you know these people are long dead and the catholic church is still making money off of them yeah still yeah. making money grave robbers and my stepmother, my, my, my stepmother called me. She says, listen, your dad's thing is coming up. Do you think you... No, I'm not contributing. You know what I am. No, 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 no. You're no. not getting a penny. No. Stop giving these no, people no. your money. No, don't bother. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. Please. <laughs> no. And if you really want to make somebody angry, if you have Catholic relatives, if you want an enemy, 
and you will get an enemy. Tell them the truth about Jesus. Tell them that Je- tell them Jesus doesn't live in a wafer. Whoa. You get yeah. them angry. You get oh, them angry. Get it. Tell them that there's no purgatory. Tell them they can't pray anybody out of purgatory after they die. Oh, if you want if you want an enemy. But the tell thing them is, Mary- you'll sow a seed. You'll sow the, the, a seed of the word of God. Anyway. Yeah. Tell them Mary's not a virgin and that she had other kids. And forget yeah. it. They'll write you off. <laughs> the oh, mother yeah, of God like is not one. a virgin. No, the they don't like that one. No, no, the, no that no. oh that one. Yeah, that one really makes them mad because they can't stand the thought that Jesus had uh, uh, Mary and Joseph had children. They yeah. were married. Exactly. And uh, so, uh, of course, we know Jesus didn't have an uh, earthly mother. Uh, he had Mary took care of him, but God doesn't have a mother. So, um, you know, you know what's amazing? It's amazing that Roman Catholics. The priest and the hierarchy in the Roman Catholic Church, they want you to believe that Joseph was married to Mary. They want you to believe that part of the story, yeah. that Joseph loaded up Mary on the donkey, and, she, and he went, they went to Bethlehem, and then from Bethlehem they went to Egypt. And then, so they want you to think that Joseph and Mary were husband and wife, but that they were never intimate. Isn't that bizarre? Well, it is bizarre. I it mean, is it's, bizarre, it's, but that's... They, uh, uh, they, because they have to perpetuate this myth about Mary being the perpetual virgin, and yeah. of course Mary ascends into heaven when she dies. She ascends into heaven, Mary, yeah, and she's yeah. the queen of heaven. She wears the crown, and she's the queen of heaven. So they have to perpetuate this myth, and I, uh, they tell you that they don't worship Mary, but I know when I was Catholic, I worshipped Mary. We were crazy about Mary. We were more crazy about Mary than we were about Jesus. And Jesus was an afterthought because we didn't know who he was. We thought Jesus lived in the box there on the altar in, in the wafer. We, ne- we didn't look at him like he was a real person. So, um, I re- Yeah. I remember yeah. when people in my family would die on my father's side, and we would go to that person's house for nine days after their death, and we would do the novena. Yeah. The novena was nine days of rosary prayer, and you would take the <gasps> rosary in your hand, and you would go through each one of the beads, and you would say the same prayer until the yeah. beads were done on the run. And that, you did that for nine days. And I remember us kids, we would like to go to those things because, you know, that was that was an opportunity for you to see the other kids in school, and um, and that was it. I mean, it was a night out. It was boring if 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 you were doing the novena, but if if you can sneak away from your your relatives and go out to the porch and and hang out with your friends it was a great night but yeah most times they sat you right in the front <laughs> there and you were doing the novena one thing though i have to hand it to the to the catholics because uh when we went to church now there was no children's church we sat there for an hour on sunday and uh, it, the mass wasn't even in English. We didn't even know what the guy was saying. We sat there. No, there was no children's church. No, no, no. No, you sat there, and uh, you listened, and uh, you didn't make a fuss. That's how you were you were raised. Now they have to kick the children out. They have to go to children's church. And uh, 
they don't they don't uh, learn how to sit in church and, uh, and listen to the sermons. They want to go and have fun. But uh, I, I think the word of God is is fun. Uh, it's, it's exciting. The word of yeah, God. Yeah, it's exciting. Powerful. It is. It's yeah. powerful, and uh, it refreshes us. Uh, it renews us. It renews our mind. And we all need our mind renewed, especially in these days that we live in. These days of stress. Everybody has stress today. There's so much stress, and you notice that your bills are going up. Oh yikes! You you get your uh, car insurance bill. The car insurance goes up. The you get your taxes. The taxes are going up. You go to the grocery store. Oh my word! The price of things. I was looking at uh, strawberries the other day. Uh, I like to buy organic food, and I'm buying. I'm looking at the organic strawberries. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. They used to be four dollars. All of a sudden, now eight dollars for strawberries. So, uh, well, because they said, "Oh, well, they're not in season." But eight dollars, yikes! And uh, so, we all have our stresses. The price of gas is supposed to be going up now. And uh, so, as soon as you think that you're going to be saving something, all of a sudden, uh, the bills come in, and the bills are going up and up and up. So. We well, think about God's this. Word. Think about this. You, you you buy a box of Ritz crackers or saltine crackers, and the box is the same size. The price went up, right? Because every, like you said, everything's going up. Now, when you open the box and you take out one of the one of the packages, because you know, in a box of saltine crackers, you get you get four packages. Yeah. When you pull out the package, it's like half the size. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're giving you less in content. So everything's they, going up. That. Everything's going up. The box size is the same, but when you open up the package, I mean, who ate these crackers? Crackers are missing. <laughs> well, that's it. The, 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 the box is the same size, but the box is the it, same size. It used to be sixteen ounces. Maybe now it's ten ounces or whatever. So. Uh, and and you do you feel you get stressed out you say yikes uh, what is going on here so uh, this is the time and, and and people that like to go to church and they like to go and they like to have fellowship and then you have and then it's hard to find a place to go because you're you're uh, imagine walking into a church service on a Sunday morning and there's the the pastor standing up front in a dress he's got a dress on. And uh, then he has a little lace top over the dress, and he's got a collar on. He's wearing a, a Catholic priest collar. Now, you walk in there and you say, well, what is going on here? What have I gotten myself into? Yeah, well, it's the, um, I just did a series of teachings on um, the five-step plan that Satan has to destroy the church from within. And the first is infiltration. The second is paganization. The third is demonization. The fourth is contamination. And the fifth is annihilation. I did, I did it in five days. And the, so Satan wants to infiltrate the church, your church, my church, whatever church we go to, and he wants to infiltrate it with Roman Catholicism. And once, 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 once he gets your pastor to open the door, and once the devil gets a foot in the door, 
he'll infiltrate the church, then he'll paganize it. Then he'll get your pastor because the first person, the first person who looks Roman Catholic is your pastor. I mean, he's got the little beanie, he's got the zucchetto, he's got the pectoral cross, he's got the mitre. Uh, and, you know, now you, you're finding that even black African-American pastors now are starting to speak a little bit of Latin. They, you know, they, they, they learn a little. Really? Yeah, Latin phrases, and they're doling those out. And in addition to that, if you notice, if you watch any of these streaming services now, um, they're starting, a lot of African-American churches now are starting to recite the Apostles' Creed. So wow. that's so. So now it now we went from the pulpit. Now it's passing to the pew, and we know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. The yeah. devil leavens your pastor, then it spreads from your pastor to you. And now, and now he's coming in. He's coming in in a procession. There are a couple of kids in front of him. We, it's amazing. The, the same way the Roman Catholic Church has altar boys now in the African American Church. You watch these Sunday processions, and you got little boys carrying big crosses. Another one's carrying a candle. Another one's carrying a banner. Yeah. They, it, I mean, it is a replica of the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. And um, we're in the last days because this is just a setup to prepare the church to receive Antichrist. That's all yeah. it is. That's all it is. Yeah. But we're there. We're there. And in the video that you mentioned about Jackie McCullough, um, it's a video called Simply Sacred. If you watch the video, and now you have to watch the one that I believe has 8,000 views, because the one that has more views, the audio is just terrible. But uh-huh. they put out another one that has 8,000 views. If you listen to that one, the guy who consecrates her, and he's putting on the outfits on her, he says, listen, this purple cassock that we're putting on her is the purple cassock from Rome. Now, oh. he, I mean, I mean, he's he's telling you point blank, folks. This is this is this comes from Rome. This is the. I mean, if it was me, I mean, I would I would never be in a service like that. But I mean, just to hear that, I mean, I would be flying out that building. <laughs> But the people have been so dumbed down yeah. that they're there for a celebration and an elevation, and they don't realize that Satan wants to infiltrate the church, then he wants to paganize the church, then he wants to demonize the church, and when you're demonized, then you become contaminated, and when you're contaminated, then comes God's judgment, then comes annihilation. Yeah. And that's and that's what we're, we're being... That's what's being done to the church today, and that's where we're heading, and it's, it's just going to get uglier because I don't see, I don't see how this, there, there can be a cost correction. I don't see it. No, because I don't that see would, it either. That would mean that how are, how are these people, how are these preachers who are so prideful, because they are so prideful, they would never admit that they made a mistake, and that's the only way you can reverse this process. You have to yeah. take you have to take the hat, you have to take the funny hat and all your clothes. You have to empty out your closet. You have to take it to the church parking lot. 
you have to put kerosene on it and burn all that stuff. Yeah. And then tell your church, listen, I was deceived. This is not of God. Now, which one of those guys or gals is going to do that? Not one. Not one because they're just too prideful. Yeah. They're never going to admit that they're wrong. So I don't see a course correction coming. No, I don't either. I know that uh, some people, especially on so-called Christian television, they're prophesying this great revival, but I don't see any great revival. I don't see any great revival because you, even if you turn on uh, these programs, you don't, you hear very little real Bible teaching real true bible teaching most of it centers around giving so uh there's always a hook to get you to give them some money and there's not look there's nothing wrong with people taking up offerings if they choose to take up an offering I, i don't have anything against people taking up offerings or people supporting ministries or people giving of course we're supposed to give we're christians we're supposed to know that nobody has to beat us over the head uh, to get us to help people, we're, this it should be our nature. So, um, uh, and uh, we don't need people promising us the world because we give. We just give because we love people and we, and we want to help. But I don't see uh, any great revival. I see a great falling away when I see what what appears to be the church, and it's kind of like what's happening with the news. Now you're hearing a lot of these. Uh, people coming out and they're saying, oh, all this fake news, and now Facebook is going to monitor people, and they're going to decide what news they're going to put up, uh, and uh, they're going to monitor your speech. Who has more fake news than CNN? And uh, Fox News has fake news, too. Uh, A lot of them have fake news, and they report things that aren't true. They don't do their fact-checking. And uh, so there has to be an alternative to fake news. And and there's websites like um, the Gateway Pundit and uh, the Drudge Report and uh, Breitbart, some of these news uh, people. Their news is pretty well accurate. And uh, it's like our radio broadcast here and your radio broadcast and uh, – Jackie Al Norris and some of the other people, they are, we are putting out an alternative to the fake, the fake gospel that people are preaching. So uh, everything seems to be happening in concert, is where people are rejecting the fake news of CNN and the fake news of Fox and the fake, a lot of these other fake news, New York Times and, and, uh, the fake preachers, Rod Parsley, Richard Roberts, and Paula White, and Creflo Dollar, and a lot of these fake preachers, and people are going to start coming over to what's real. They want to hear the truth. They don't want to waste their time listening to these false prophets and uh, hearing a gospel that's not going to help them get through this life. We all need God's grace and mercy every day to get through the day because all of us have challenges we're dealing with. So I don't see any great revival. No. How, look, how can there be a revival when you find that they're doing in the political world what they've already done in the church? You and I and, and Jackie Alnor and others, 
you think we're ever going to be given a spot on Daystar? You think we're ever going to be given a spot on TBN? Uh, you think we're ever going to be given a spot on the Impact Network or the Word? You think those networks are going to have us on? Never. Never. We've already been censored. Never. Take, for example, your book, a great book, which I recommend everyone get. What publishing house is going to say, Susan, we're taking your book, and we're going to make sure that it goes throughout all Christendom? Not one of them will touch your book. And it has truth. But they'll take Benny Hinn's book, which promises everyone a wealth transfer. They'll take his book, and they'll take it to the four corners of the earth. Yeah, These are the people who promote fake news, fake gospel, and yeah. they censor what is real and what is true. Yeah, My book, Jackass Bishops, it'll never see the light of day in any publishing house. Never. Because they're going to censor. They're going to say, oh, no, no, that's too controversial. Controversial. Uh, Satan taking over our churches is too controversial to write about? <laughs> that's it. That's it. So um, the fact that Facebook is joining, and that's, you know, all Satan wants to do now is mask it under fake news, but he really wants to censor fake gospel, uh, the real yeah, gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to send, he's coming in that way. We're going to censor fake news, but really what Satan wants to do is censor us. Yeah. They're, that's what that's who they're going to target. Yeah, that's Any, that's that's true. That's very. Yeah, true. they're going to censor us. They're going to. That's the smokescreen. That's the fog of war. But really, they're going to they're going to look for people like us, and they're going to. We can't. We in a couple of years, we won't be able to say what we're saying right now. Oh no! Not on Facebook. Not on Twitter. No. They're no, gonna, because gonna, it'll be considered hate speech. Exactly. And uh, they've already done that in many countries in Europe and Canada. You can't say things against homosexuality and certain things. It's hate speech. So eventually we're going to be in that same realm. Uh, But um, if you look at um, YouTube, for instance, and I see that we have a caller, and I'll take this call in a minute, but if you look at... um, YouTube. Now you can. A few years ago, I put some. I put a video up about Mike Murdoch, and Mike Murdoch filed a complaint against me, a copyright infringement claim. Uh, I guess I had a picture that I found on the internet of him. It must have been one of his pictures that he took of himself or something. Okay, I didn't know it at the time uh, that you you can only use pictures that. Uh, aren't copyrighted. So uh, I didn't know if his picture was copyrighted. Anyway, he filed this copyright complaint against me and uh, wanted to take my YouTube channel down. Now imagine, like, I mean, who am I? You know, I, I, mean, I have some kind of influence. I don't have any big influence on the world or anything. But yet he's picking on me, Mike Murdoch. So um, he gets my channel taken off and uh, I redid the video and I I took his picture out and uh, so it was only my content and then a few months after that I get a copyright complaint from Paula White Paula White and uh, she wants to have me shut down she doesn't like what I'm saying but uh, again I didn't use any of 
I knew after the Mike Murdoch thing not to use anybody's pictures. I had my own pictures that I used, and uh, you can find pictures on the Internet with no copyright, and you can use those. But then Paula White, uh, somebody puts up a channel, and it's all about Paula White. But the uh, the channel is um, all Paula, all videos of Paula talking, and it, and it's a, a lady comment doing commentary. So Paula White decides that she's going going to have this woman's channel taken down, which she does, and then she proceeds to file a lawsuit against the lady. And guess what happened when Paula went to court? She lost the case because the lady wasn't doing any copyright infringement. It was a a harassment. Paula was yeah. harassing this woman yeah. and suing her for $10 million. Yeah. And anyway, the judge threw the book at Paula White and told her that it was harassment and uh, told the lady that she could now that Paula White lost the case, she could file a lawsuit against her for malicious prosecution. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, thank God for that. But we do have, uh, so now Paula White's being sued for malicious prosecution, which uh, is going to happen to some of these other people. Uh, why don't they just listen to what we're saying? Why don't they just go to the Word of God and look and see what the Word of God is? is saying instead of going and suing people, suing people for telling the truth about your gospel scamming. And uh, so for now, I think we do have an edge uh, where we can get the word out. And maybe even uh, if there does come a time when they decide that we're not going to be able to broadcast or publish or whatever on the Internet, that... Uh, our programs will still be out there. That's why I, I think it's very important to have hard copies of books because if you have a book, you you have it. They could take my book off the Internet and uh, Brother Wolf Tracker's book and uh, Jackie Alnor's book and, and some of the other great books that are out there, Walter Martin's books and Dave Hunt's books. and They could take our things off the Internet, but if if there's still hard copies of these things, um, you'll still be able to have, and of course our Bibles, which they'll never take away. They've never been able to take away the Bible. But anyway, let me see what this. Is. I think we have a question from a listener. Okay. Do you have a question? Uh, hello. Yes. Do you have a question? Uh, uh yeah. You mentioned you're talking about uh, a lawsuit. I think I, I'm a victim of that as well. I, I was bullied by uh, some church members uh, in uh, New York State. Really? What happened? Well, well, they weren't following the, the, they were, you know, they were very, they were preaching, you know, anti-gay marriage. Uh, They're, they're pro-gay marriage. So I wrote a letter. Oh, they were pro-gay marriage. Yeah, and they and I felt that didn't go along with the Bible, so I. Of course. <clears throat> Excuse me, am I in the air? <clears throat> I need to get a glass of water. I just yeah, you're I on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just followed a fly. Could you give me like five seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be another hot uh, potato, the gay marriage thing. Yeah. That's gonna be another thing we need to contend with, 
and um, they're going to start forcing churches to um, do gay marriages. Now, the only way to prevent that is, see, most churches don't have bylaws. They incorporate it, but they don't have bylaws. Yeah. And what you need to do when you incorporate is you need to send in your bylaws with your incorporation papers and put in there no gay marriage. Yeah. And if you don't do it from the time that you incorporate, then you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm back. I got a glass of water. Sorry about okay. that. Okay. Yeah, well, what happened was I, I wrote a letter to the uh, Diocese of New York, and what happened was the church found out, and they actually called me and said that we're going we're gonna to sue you for, for libel since I wrote it down. Yeah, you're getting some and, feedback. I don't know if you've got your sound on, your computer, or you might want to turn your sound down. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, you're that, repeating okay. yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. So, yeah, I get a letter from them, and they're telling me that they're going to sue me for libel because I wrote it down, and and uh, you know I can't afford that, and I, this church has a lot of money, and I guess I'm just not sure what I should do. Well, why why could they sue you for libel? Well, because I, I wrote some things about them. I, I said they're, they're not preaching the true gospel, and, and, I, and I think, you know, they're, they're heading to the road of to perdition, and they didn't like that. And, and it doesn't even matter if I win. I can't afford a lawsuit. I can't afford to go to court. Yeah. Well, the thing well, is— Well, if they lose—what what do you have to say, Brother Wolf Tracker? No, go ahead. You—, you. Well, if they lose, then you they don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. You could represent yourself. But I yourself. can't afford the trial. Oh, I. Well, you see. can represent yourself. I mean, you can just you can represent yourself, and um, if you're standing on the Bible, and they claim yeah, they to be standing really on the Bible, Bible, yeah, they can't. Uh, now they can they can threaten to sue you, and they can sue you, but winning is another thing. Yeah. See, winning. And then, see, in the case of Paula White, if Paula White ever sues anybody, then that opens the door for you because now you get yourself a top-rated attorney and you go right for the jugular, you go right for her financial records, and you prove that she's a scam artist based on her. See, and one thing that these people don't want to do, um, these prosperity preachers, they don't want their books opened. So but how do I afford a I can't even afford a lawyer. No, you represent yourself. You can I mean, represent how am I going to do that? I know nothing about the law. You, well, you, I mean, listen, when you just present your case based on Scripture, that's all. That's all. It's easy. Well, I mean, we're it's, not going to tell you what to do. You have to no, no, no. I'm not going to tell yeah. you to. I'm not yeah, going to tell but, you. Uh, but you have to make law. up your own mind about what but, you're going to do. But uh, human law is a lot different from God's law. Yeah, but the well, thing is, the I mean, there's no the, law that says you can't speak out against what the Bible says. I mean, we don't have those kind of laws in our country yet. But and not only that, look, the judge, the judge and the jury does not drink the Kool Aid that most of these people are serving in church. They're getting a lot of feedback. You have to turn your sound down there. I think you have your computer on or your radio on. Are you sure? No, I don't. I don't have anything on. Are you oh, sure okay, because something's backfiring. Yeah. Yeah. So All anyway, right. look. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, we're gonna. I'm gonna 
close this call, but I mean, you have to do what you feel you have to do. We can't really tell you what to do. But we're getting bad feedback from your phone or something. But anyway, I want to thank you for calling in. Well, I appreciate your time. It it really, um, it it helps. You know, I'm not sure if I can afford a lawyer. Well, you won't need a lawyer if you represent yourself. They're not going to sue you. If you do represent the truth. Yeah, you're not gonna, they're not going to see there's you. There's a chance that, you know, you, you could win because I, I, I do think that I'm on the, the, you know, the right side. You know, I'm on God's side. Yeah, but still, course. you know, I'm nervous. I don't Well, I don't you know might want to go talk to them. Maybe you should go talk to them, sit down with them and have a little chat. <laughs> well, I've tried yeah. to. And, and it's just more accusations, and they have a lot more We're getting bad feedback from your call, really, so I'm going to really have to hang. I'm not sure how that's going to how that's going to play out at all. All right. Well, so pray I'm about praying it. Pray. for you. God bless. Yeah, no, I'm going to hang. I'm feeling like I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm David here. We're getting bad feedback. So. But the only problem is I don't Thank know if. Thank you for calling if, in anyway. I can't take that reverberation. Anyway, let's, we just pray for that brother that he makes the yep. right decision. Because we can't, I can't tell somebody to sue or not to sue or no, whatever. No, 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 no. I don't want to be but responsible if, no, or, uh, but if you get sued, decision. if you get sued, the, the 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 least thing that you can do is represent yourself. It doesn't cost anything to represent yourself. No, it and doesn't. You can, and you can and go you to can a library. And you can study case law. Yeah, you can sure, go to the library. Sure, you can go to the library and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, but um, I doubt seriously that they'll. Uh, sometimes they threaten lawsuits, but mm-hmm. anyway, I think we have another comment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, do you have a question? Yes, hi. I just would like to know, um, is it biblical when a bishop says that he wants to, He, the Lord has told him to uh, choose a member that, that this bishop feels should be a prophetess and not ordain, I can't use the word ordain a prophetess, but it, you know, in other words, uh, <laughs> choose. Uh, a person and say, "Well, I feel that the Lord has, you know, spoken to me, and that you, sh- you should be a prophetess." You know, is that oh, biblical? Really? How? Yeah, is that biblical? I know of absolutely that, that it not. happened with someone. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, it's absolutely not. Um, no, that's uh, that's crazy. That's uh, that's crazy, church. Yeah. No, the Lord, the Lord is the one who calls everybody. Whatever, whatever, whatever you are in the church is because God calls you. Nobody calls you but God. Now, others confirm your calling uh, as you remain faithful and as you are dutiful and as you live the way Christ would have you to live. Others will see God's calling in your life and acknowledge it. But the calling comes from God. And if, you know, if someone's calling you to be something and you didn't know about it, um, that's, that's bizarre. That's bizarre. Yeah, and another thing is I would be very careful about these uh, when uh, pastors try to elevate people in the church and they make a public spectacle of it. Even and that can be dangerous for somebody, and then to have that kind of a title, you know, prophetess or prophet or whatever before your name, and then the people in the congregation are looking to you instead of to Jesus. Uh, 
Well, my main my main um, test for any because you know being in the Pentecostal charismatic church, you always had people coming up to you and talking. I'm a prophet. I say, well, okay, what do you know about Revelation? Oh, I haven't studied the book. Goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. You're a prophet, and you and you don't know anything about biblical prophecy. Beat it. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, that's Please. right. And another thing is what this bishop that you're talking about that's calling this person to be a prophetess, is it personal prophecy that they're calling this person to do, is to go and give people personal prophecies? I think most prophetess, that's what it ends up being, you know, yeah. where they – they start, you know, saying, well, you know, I think the Lord has told me to tell you this or that. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I just heard this from a person the other day, yeah. and I didn't yeah. say anything because yeah. I know that they're very much, in, you know, involved in this, and they're, and they're a believer, but mm-hmm. I didn't dispute it, you know, but I just said, well, I don't think that to myself. I said, that doesn't sound right, or um, no. a, a bishop, no. just as uh, Susan said, he's like elevating she was a deaconess. That's the way she yeah. said it. She said I was a deaconess, but my bishop, my my bishop tells me now that he feels that I should be, that I'm uh, actually a prophetess. Oh you know? no, no, yeah. And yeah. then he, you know, not anointed her, and he didn't, you know, but it was something on that order, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just bizarre behavior. Just, no, that okay. that is it's bizarre behavior and. Yeah, she just needs to be careful because she could wind up getting hurt, really. Sure. And what about and what about all of these prophetesses in the church now and prophets, just like all these bishops? They're prophetesers. They're prophetesers. Yeah, prophetesers. Yeah, prophetesers. Second Peter. But you don't need personal prophecy. You you really shouldn't go around you know looking for somebody to give you personal prophecies. It's better to get your your your. uh, Whatever you need from God, let God talk to you. Yeah, if I was pastoring today, if I was if I was pastoring a church today, I would I would teach some prophecy, but it would come out of Second Peter, it would come out of Jude, it would come out of Revelation, and all personal prophets and wannabe prophets and proper liars and prophetiers, there's the door. See you later. Exactly, we want because. What pe- yeah, we want what Peter said. Peter said we have been given a sure word of prophecy. That's Amen. what we want. And that's yeah. that's the Bible. That's the Bible. Because okay. most of the time, if you look at these uh, so-called prophetesses, what are they prophesying? They're usually prophesying that you're going to have some kind of great ministry. And it's usually these puff prophecies. Um, you know, one of the one of the so-called greatest prophets in the church today one of the most prominent and sought-after prophets of the church today. I mean, he just fell on his face last month. He prophesied that the Chicago, that the Cleveland Indians were going to win the World Series, but the <laughs> Chicago Cubs did. And then he prophesied that Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Brian Kahn. Brian Kahn. Yeah. One of the and he sought. He's highly sought after. Yeah. And he blew it. Yeah. Twice. And that's just recent because he's been blowing it ever since. Yeah. So, but that's it. That's it. I wouldn't, you know, I I would, if the t- if the time arises when you could have a little talk with her and you do it slowly, uh, to try to prevent her from getting hurt because you you could really get hurt um, when somebody tries to elevate you like that, and 
we we get our prophecies from the Lord. In exhortation, it's okay for people to exhort each other and and to help each other on their way. But I would be real careful about personal prophecies. Anyway, I want to thank you for calling in. I see we oh, have one more you. caller, and we have a, a few minutes left. But God bless you. Thanks for calling. Okay, call in any time. All right, let's see. I think we have one more caller here. Let's see. Hello. Do you have a one question? One of my favorite stories about John Adams is that he, he had a vicious sense of humor, and he was really well-known to have. I don't know what that was. Let me go back there, but I'm put up. Are, are you talking yeah, about John? What, what does John he, Adams have to do with anything? Well, he had this vicious sense of humor, and he used to rail against. Okay. Anyway, we just have yeah. a few minutes left, and so... Uh, caller, send me an email, susan at propheticnews.com, and uh, we'll get to your email because I just have about three minutes left, so I don't have time to answer the call. But anyway, um, Brother Wolf Tracker, where can people find your book? And you have well, a new radio broadcast also? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they can find the book if you go to paganbishops.com. PaganBishops.com. It's a little website. It's not anything special, but there you can order the book. If you make a $15 donation, we will send you a PDF copy. The book is only in PDF format. It's not in paperback. It's not in hardback. It's not in Kindle. You can just, it's a fabulous book. Um, People are sending me endorsements after reading the book. They really love it. Um, So you can get it. Just go to PaganBishops.com, and um, there you'll find a one-page website, and all the information is there. Now, um, I have a new radio broadcast. We put, jet, we put um, Wolf Tracker on hold for now, and uh, I, I come on uh, to do a broadcast every day. It's called Jackass Bishop News. Jackass Bishop's <laughs> News. And that's on and, Block Talk Radio? And that's on Block Talk Radio. And I just finished doing a wonderful series. I mean, the people were emailing, thanking me. Uh, I just did a five-part series on infiltration, paganization, demonization, contamination, and annihilation, the five-step plan Satan has to destroy your church from within. And, um, you know, one of the things, Susan, about the book is the book Jackass Bishops. You know, I could have written a thousand-page book on that subject, but the reality is no one's going to read it. Yeah. So um, the book is 200 pages, and then the other 800 pages are on the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank wow. you for having me on. Yeah, today. it was great. It was great. a pleasure. It was a pleasure, yeah. as always. Yes. Thank you, Brother Wolf Tracker, very much for coming on. I appreciate you very much. God bless you. God bless. All right, bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's the program for today. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, just email me, susan at propheticnews.com. I do answer my emails. I do read them. So you can uh, email me, and uh, we'll be on next week. I think I might have uh, Ron Roby on next week to talk about tithing. He's one of the the experts on uh, teaching on tithing. And then we have Jackie Almore coming up uh, the first week of January. And uh, 
So we have some great programs coming up. I want to thank everybody in the chat room. Hi, everybody. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, Thanks to all the callers that called in. And uh, thank you to all my listeners. Thank you for listening and making this program what it is. Uh, It gives me a time to uh, talk with my friends and to have some fellowship, so I enjoy it too. But anyway, the most important thing today is, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into your life to be your king? And he can forgive your sins, and he will forgive your sins. No matter what you have done, Jesus will forgive you, and he will give you a brand new life. That's what he's promised. So ask Jesus to come into your life today. It says in the third chapter of John that you must be born again. First you're born of your mother, and then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. Read the book of Romans, where the book of Romans says, Confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. Confess your sins to the Lord Jesus today. Ask him to forgive you. Believe that he was born of a virgin, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming again. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Yeah.